0: Hello everybody, this is Lindsay of Tea Time with Linz. Again, thank you Poe the Passenger for the intro and outro music. Hopefully you're going to be on the show very, very soon, so watch this space. Alright, so today's guest, we have actress and dear friend, Shannon Corbet. Not only is Shannon an actress and creator, but Shannon was also in the United States Air Force. She served as an intelligence officer in Texas, the Republic of Korea, and the National Security Agency before making her way back to Los Angeles, where she has been creating, writing, producing, directing, editing, lighting, sound. oh my god, everything, she has done everything. Which brings me to the theme of this episode, which is very important, community, and finding your community, and just running with them. And then we also have like two running themes in today's episode. The second is branding, 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 branding just how important branding is. We discussed this a lot in this episode and your type and I do remember I mean I discussed this a lot with Shannon but I do remember when I first moved to LA I just didn't want to be pigeonholed as a particular type but now I'm kicking myself because when you find your brand run with it and then do other things you know so you won't be pigeonholed. Anyway so that's why I was so against it but just go with the flow just do it just do it, see what happens, and then get all those delicious bookings. Anyway, so there are two types of things we are talking about today. Community and branding, like I said. I'm also going to try and find that branding um, worksheet, and I'm going to pop it up, hopefully with this episode. And if not this episode, I'll put it up somewhere, uh, because it is highly, highly useful. Anyway, let's get on with the show. You can follow Shannon on Twitter and Instagram at Shannon Corbet. And let's get on! shannon corbet everybody all right so welcome shannon corbet how are you hi i'm doing great how are you thanks for having me absolutely so shannon we're just gonna jump right in so i know we're gonna discuss this a bit later on but i know you are a vet and you did all that stuff and we're gonna discuss that but when was it before or after then that you decided to get into acting and performing
1: I knew that I wanted to act when I was 8. I saw Jurassic Park and I was obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. My grandmother bought me a magazine that had all these behind the scenes stories in it, you know, and it showed the kids in Hawaii with dinosaurs. And I was like, "Wait, you can <laughs> you can that you can do this? That's a thing?" <laughs> so, When I was a kid in school, I was doing theater, I was doing chorus, I was performing. And then I was a senior in high school when 9-11 happened. And I decided to do a pretty hard pivot and I joined the military. So I did ROTC in college and served after I graduated from college. And every time a film was announced, I felt so left out and I realized that this was something I was still very passionate about and I had to give myself the gift of pursuing it full-time. So after I got out, I moved back to Los
0: Angeles, which is where I grew up, and started pursuing it professionally. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then, because what year was that? Because we met, I think, in 2000, I'm going to say 12, I think it was. Yeah,
1: that's when I came back. It was 2012.
0: Okay. Cause I feel like it was very n- early on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't realize yep. it was that early on, but okay.
1: Yes. And so the, so the first year that I was out of the military, my, uh, I did yoga teacher training and I was doing rehabilitation from, uh, wounds that I had sustained while I was serving. And so I was doing yoga teacher training and then for funsies, I was doing pole dancing
0: Which is where we met. (laughs) Yes, and so when
1: I (laughs) when I came to Los Angeles and I went to find a pole dancing studio, it just so happened that they needed a level one instructor, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Well, I know all of these. You know, like I I know how to do all this pole dance. I know how to teach yoga. I can do pole teacher training and become a pole instructor." Mm -hmm. So I used all of the anatomy and alignment and safety everything. Uh, from yoga mixed with, I did a pole teacher training
0: course and started teaching pole dance. And that's how you and I met. That is. <laughs> and it's so interesting because I do remember when I would tell people that I was doing pole, they'd be like, oh. Huh? And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you don't understand. It is a work out yep. And not everybody in class, like I do know a few people in the class who were pursuing that as their profession totally Mm -hmm. fucking cool you do what Mm -hmm. you want to do but then there were just so many people in there who were uncomfortable with their bodies who wanted to overcome that. yep and there were other people who were just doing it for exercise which is what I was was kind of doing a bit of both of getting over body fears getting over just all that sort of stuff and then using it as an exercise because it fucking kicks your ass for me it's a joke I know
1: it's 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 like gymnastics you know And for me, it was such a relief to go from a male-dominated world in the military
0: mm-hmm. to a, f- you know, just the empowered women of the pole community. Yeah, it was wild. And I, I do remember the only reason I stopped doing it—I think I was doing it for two and a bit years—and then I just completely jacked up my shoulder. I and I had completely-
1: had in yeah I had had injuries already, and the pole, unfortunately, was. Uh, exacerbating them. So it became clear that I had to heal those injuries before I could pole dance further yeah. or do anything
0: with my upper body. <laughs> it's so mm. sad because I really want to go back to it, but I'm just like, I am so scared. So I'm just like, maybe I'll go back to Ariel. but
1: I really liked Lyra uh, because mm-hmm. it felt a little more balanced. There, There's less like there's less, there's more balance it felt like with Lyra mm-hmm. because both arms are kind of doing the same thing at the same time or they're, they're both contacting at the same, you know, it, it just, it feels a little less uh, strenuous for one limb at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're in LA, you've, you've had your injury as well. So you've stopped fall. like what, how, what steps did you start taking? Cause I know that, like, I remember you were in Blissville, um, mm-hmm. And so I was just looking at your thing. I didn't realize that was like one of the first things on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2014. Wow. Gosh, that just seems like it was, I don't know, like a couple of years ago. Um, Oh my God. Time goes so quickly.
1: It's really creepy. It's best not to even look at dates anymore. (laughs) Yes. So uh, at the time I was... um, In a relationship with another veteran, and he was using the GI Bill to go to film school. So I had the benefit of getting to learn alongside him Mm
0: -hmm. about
1: video creation and video production. I started doing my own writing. Uh, I realized that there are uh, three tracks to becoming a successful actor. The first one is you just get lucky. Uh, can't rely on that one. The second one is you uh, show up to auditions and you just keep building your resume uh, and your experience slowly, but surely. And the third one is to take control of your destiny and make your own stuff. And eventually people enough people will see your things, You'll con- you'll hone your craft and your skills, and then you'll have more and more opportunities because you're attracting them. And so that's been my plan A this whole time is to learn how to make my own films and I, I came here I came to LA thinking I will make my own things until other people will put me in their things yeah
0: um, that's basically what I, I was like to
1: yeah and uh w- you know I kind of underestimated how challenging that was going to be because that meant I had to not just learn how to edit, but be good at editing, not just learn how to do lighting, but be good at lighting, to be good at audio, to be good at writing, to be good at directing. It means, put, you know, and in, in like directors who are amazing, they will just concentrate on directing. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm competing with all the other people who are experts in their one field and I'm trying to compete at all levels and that's where it started to become really clear how important community was because mm-hmm. I'm not the only person with these goals. There's an editor out there who's like, I just want to edit movies. So I got to find that editor, you know? There's yeah. other who just wants to be a director. I got to go find that director. I found that I don't love being the director when I'm the actor. Both yeah. sort of suffer. Neither of them gets my full attention. Yeah, so finding that community is something that's been really important to me.
0: I think that's a really, I spoke to, um, one of my friends yesterday, Kat. And she was saying that when she moved to LA, she became really humble. And whereas when she was in London, she would be like, I want to do this. I want like put this production on and I'm going to do everything myself, produce, direct, blah, 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 because I want to prove myself. And I feel like I know for when I moved to LA, very similar to Kat, you have like, you ask people for help and you throw yourself out there and you just pray that someone is willing to do something for super cheap amount of money you know and yeah, it is yeah. very humbling because they you want do to... realize how many people are willing to do stuff and you're yeah like, oh. or,
1: yeah like they want to do it for the love of the craft just like you you know and yeah. you both realize neither of us might make any money from this but hopefully we make something cool that we're proud of
0: exactly and through that i've i personally have just made so many fantastic friends and like my sound guy is from blissville that you were on in 2014 forgot yep. it was that long ago but he if you had actually with s- me all over the place now yeah because I yeah. him.
1: yeah you find the people that you like
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you and- keep working with them. I found my music guy I'm like oh my god my last film that I made I hired a composer to com- to create the entire musical track for uh-huh. the film and it was so cool to let, some, to let a, a, an artist do his job. And he, when you watch the edit without any music and then you watch it with the music, I love it so much.
0: Um, I might have to take those composers' details because somebody else who was on the show, Helen, is looking for a composer for her short film. He
1: yeah. is incredible. His name is Ryan Ricks and everyone should hire him.
0: Okay. I'm going to you know, take but, his Ryan, and I'm going to send them to Helen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but Ryan, it, you know, if you're listening, and I believe you are, um, just make sure you remember that when you're huge and famous that um, you still have to make yourself available for me. No, he, he was incredible. He was so clever. And, and his little musical touches having... Just makes such a difference. It just makes my heart swell whenever I listen to the, his music.
0: Okay, Ryan Ricks, man, you're going to be hired as so who <laughs> projects. Because I'm like, okay, composer, Ryan Ricks. Okay. It,
1: everything else had been like trying to look up free music that I could stick in the background. And, yeah. and that works too. And you do what you can, you know, until, but with this film, I was like, I'm going to pay everyone on my set yep. so that they're all excited to be there, so that they're all patient with me, because I'm going to be learning. And Oh man, it was, it was cool working with him. It, it I realized just how much the music can make the edit. Well, so I think they have things like that. Um, Or if you've been to the Hollywood Bowl with John Williams,
0: uh-huh. they'll,
1: they'll play a scene from Star Wars with no music. And then they'll go in, in the orchestra, will do the same scene, but they'll play the music and you could just see what an original score does to a scene. I mean, it's incredible.
0: It's... <sighs> that's I was. That's what I was talking to Helen about. We were talking about music and how you can watch a scene not even notice the music's there because it's that good mm-hmm. and then when you know it's there you're just like oh man goodness. it ah. changes. It's honestly composers everybody and this is what I love about filming and theatre everybody around you everybody who's being creative all of these input into the film or th- whatever you're doing and you're just like it's so magical because it's not a one man band yeah there are hundreds when you watch a film there are hundreds of people and even on a short film you think it's just like demo i mean it depends on how short film like what your production is but you even still see how many people have their input in the yeah film, and it blows my mind i love it it's just magic I've started paying attention to the set production on
1: in TV and film
0: and mm-hmm. you just
1: look at like just noticing the color of walls in people's apartments in TV mm-hmm. and what kind of art they have up on the walls. You never see blank walls. You, they, these the set decorators are filling your visual field with delicious eye candy and it you never, you might not even notice it. You might not pay attention to it at all. But then when you go and watch your friend's short film in -hmm. their apartment, which has a bare wall or maybe one piece of art or something, and it's a white wall, all of a sudden it's like something doesn't look Mm -hmm. right about something looks low, low production value, something, you know, there's something a little bit wrong. You just don't notice it until you compare it side by side to what, you know, think about like the apartment in friends. Mm -hmm. Not only were the walls purple with, turquoise accents, yellow cupboards, a green door, but then they also have funky frames and textured lamps and silly little mirrors. And like the whole field is decorated with texture. Their pillows are one color and then the blankets, the throw blankets are another. And it just adds to this it just, yeah, texture is the word that comes to mind. It brings so much texture to a piece. So now I've started thinking about that whenever I'm filming a scene or something, I'm like, bring the plant in, stick a plant there, hang a little doodad on the wall, (laughs) like tape Mm -hmm. it up. It doesn't matter. Um, And I recently saw a short film that did this in a bathtub. And when you look at the behind the scenes, you see that they have just straight up taped a hanging plant in their shower wall so that it's in the screen you know in in the view and the whole time I was watching the short film I'm like man this bathroom looks amazing (laughs) yeah it's like you said like that set decorator
0: did their art yeah and it heightens the piece so fun it is super magical so you create you've created so many of your own projects you've done truth or dare um, and this is the other thing too this is another reason why i just love i don't i don't know if it's just la in general just your when you find your community but obviously travis was in truth or dare yeah obviously travis is another amazing person because yeah he taught he's an actor but he taught himself how to use a camera to film his own stuff and do lighting and he's got a green screen and he's just completely gone above and beyond because this is kind of what we have to do um no we don't we have to do but it's if you can do it, then why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, he shot shot um, the Christmas party and was in the Christmas party, and it's just so fun hiring people and getting people who your friends are friends with involved in your project, and it just extends everybody's like circle of community. And I just find that so much fun.
1: I'm starting to feel more bold about approaching people to be in my projects because mm-hmm. that's how I met Travis. Was um so I was creating stuff for a community that was incredible while it lasted um indie.com and they would have short film contests and acting contests and stuff and I would watch his acting stuff and I'm like this guy's really animated and I wrote a little script the first one that I did with Travis was you are not Han Solo which is also on my youtube um yeah
0: i remember seeing that
1: oh and God. i wrote i wrote him out of the blue and i'm like hey love you on indie.com i wrote this little sketch would you like to meet you know here's the script i'd love for you to be in it you know you want to talk about it and he's like okay he did that he had crutches like he had injured himself and you can't uh-huh. even tell um and he was so into it he, I, travis is so funny um yeah. So he, he was a no brainer to bring in for truth or dare. And I've gotten to work on some of his stuff. And then when you were looking for someone, I'm like, oh, Travis is your guy. And it's fun. Cause it is a small world. He's uh, one of a short film that he's in that my producer from library soulmate mm-hmm. also produced. It's called into light and it's about suffragettes and he's in it. And I mean, it's doing festival tours right now and, Into Light had my producer, had another actor that I know through another friend. And it's, it's this community of people who are making the magic happen. And it, to me, it's so motivating when I see them doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, okay, Into Light is doing more festivals than my short film did, you know? So what does it have that mine didn't? Okay. I think, you know, it's really profound. So the next film that I want to do is something simple, but profound. Mm -hmm. Great. Onward we go, you know, and-
0: we just learn from each other and collaborate with each other. And
1: that's, and that's the other world. thing
0: too. Like when you're creating something, the first, I remember the web series I did years ago, I'm like, cool. I'm really proud of it and everything. But like you said, I'm just like, okay, I'm looking at everybody else's work. And I'm like, okay, what can I do next? Uh huh. And then it's just like, I don't feel like anything that you do is a waste of time or anything, because I feel like it's all such a huge learning experience. And I feel like the people you meet is just value. That's just valuable right there. And it just, it leads you onto the next thing. Um, One of
1: the, one of the heartbreaking things about being a creator is that by the time you've done all of the work creating your project, Mm -hmm. you have grown and outgrown it. Yes. (laughs) So if I were to go and reshoot any of my projects now, it would already be so much better because I have grown as an artist because I made them. Mm -hmm. So you have to just be proud of what you made, what you learned while making it. And, you know, it's a, it's kind of a public, it's almost like putting out not failures, but projects that you've outgrown Mm -hmm. into the public and, there's a vulnerability in that, but that's, oh, that's just the process. And you can see even someone like George Lucas, who is just eternally tinkering with Star Wars, one of the greatest phenomenons of all time, you know? Yeah. It, every It seems like every director at every stage, we keep getting director's cuts of things because they're like, I just want to tinker just a little more. I'm like, you want an Oscar. <laughs> you did, you did it. You did your job. But when they watch it, they're like, I just need to, if I could just fix this one part, can I get, I want to clarify, give me a commentary track. I need to talk about why I made that choice. You know, I mean, it's just how it is. We just keep learning, keep growing and you have to create because you love creating and not because you're attached to the outcome of that project.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know you've created a bunch of stuff and we're going to talk about library soulmate in a bit, but mm-hmm. In this time you're obviously still pursuing acting as well like with your agency and your manager and everything and then you booked the rookie you did seal team tell us about those because that's it's just so much fun being on set and that is an experience in itself
1: yeah <laughs> yeah being on set is what uh is what drives me through every day that i don't get to be on set it's for me, it's just my, my happy place. Um, and it, you know, and it, it took a long time to get there. It took getting really specific about my most marketable branding, which happens to be my military service. And the nice thing is that I've grown into it. So when I first got to LA, people didn't believe me as military because I looked too sweet, too pure, too happy, too friendly. Um, and now I guess I look a little more rougher on the edges, so I can sell it again. <laughs> um, but but that's been that's been the thing. You know, people talk about like, what is your unfair advantage? Uh, what is the thing that is just a no brainer? Especially for co stars, for co stars, you just can't. You're supposed to just be part of the background. You're supposed to just blend in effortlessly. Mm-hmm. So, what is the thing that you just? Are a no brainer, perfect at because once you build up those credits, then you become less of a less of a risk, and you're more likely to have someone take a chance on you for bigger roles. And then they'll they'll start seeing you in different types of roles. So I did branding workshops, um, started to get really specific, and I was like casting right now. Military shows are always in, cop shows are always in, detective shows are always in. They're always going to be looking for the one line, the two lines, you know, whatever it takes. And so I'm going to go as hard as I can for those roles so that I can start to build up my credits. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got the rookie and SEAL team. Both of them were like, you know, military cop roles. That's
0: really, I've spoken about this before on the show, but branding is so important. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how important it was when I first moved here because you just, yeah like, and- I can do everything I can do it exactly.
1: and I want to I want to play a psychopath today and I'll to play a love interest tomorrow and then I want to be an elf the next day you know I mean I
0: always want to be an elf
1: I always <laughs> we still need to do something with we're elves we are going to <laughs> it
0: has to happen but it's so funny because like I feel like I had such a bee in my bonnet about that when I first moved to L.A. And I was just like, no, I can do everything. I have done everything. I'm comedic. I'm dramatic. Blah, 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 blah. All that fucking bullshit. Shut up. It's so annoying because now I look back at myself. I'm like, I wish I just understood and taken it on a lot sooner. Because I was really good at taking stuff on back in the day. But for some reason that I was, just I just had like a bee in my bonnet. And I just couldn't get past it. Now I'm like, I know what my types are. Like, I'm like. Librarian, the doctor, nurse, the lawyer—it's just like all the stuff that I was just like, oh, but they're boring. And I'm like, no, they're not boring at yeah. all. And I, I just thought, I just thought they were going to be boring roles. And then I watched Grey's Anatomy, and I'm like, oh my god, there's so many like cool things and so many ins and outs and depth and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, I'm such an idiot. I'm such well, an it's
1: idiot. it's hard. You're you're not an idiot. You're a passionate artist. You're a creator. You know, and you're someone. The reason that we do this, I, there. Are, a number of things but we're dreamers we also um you have to have like a kind of psychopath amount of confidence you know? <laughs> like all of us who begin acting are like I could be the one to win Oscars uh <laughs> I I you know you have to have that kind of confidence going into it you do and on a perfect like the trick is that uh it's a very oversaturated market. There are so many people pursuing it. It You have to have the perfect role come along at the perfect time and the perfect person has to see you in it. And that, those are hard odds to manage. So in the meantime, what can you do to increase the percentage that you are most likely to achieve business success? That's really the biggest part of it, you know? And- and that means just zeroing in, I think.
0: No, it's especially <laughs> especially when you're starting out, because I still feel like I'm starting out. Yeah, same. Um, even though I've been here for so long, I'm just like, I, you know. But when you really figure out what your niche is, even if it's just in the beginning, because mm-hmm. like you said, once you start booking bigger roles, then everything, it can and will change. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously as you mature and grow and all that stuff everything like just like swerves and flows with you but i do think just for anyone who's coming out to la or staying out in the industry in general that is like one of the biggest things i would just say is find your niche really early on and just know it's going to change I, I, I tell people to find it first. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, I'm going to get my headshots. I'm,
1: gonna get oh, my I'm like, wait for your head. I promise you wait to get your headshots. Mm-hmm. I spent so many hundreds and hundreds of dollars getting very beautiful pictures of myself that were worthless mm-hmm. because first you have to figure out how strangers see you. And that's why these branding workshops are so cool. And, and if you don't have the opportunity to take a branding workshop, you can find the branding sheet online Mm -hmm. and it basically, yeah. yeah. So it's something and the way that you do it, if you're just on your own, right. And it's a little trickier with COVID right now, but um, you know, so keep safety in mind, but all you need is one other person. So let's say you and I were going to do this. I would go sit outside somewhere looking like, just looking like me, looking like the type of role that I want to go out for. Um, you would go out with 20 printouts of this branding worksheet and you'd go and hand it to strangers and be like, Hey, do you have five minutes? See that girl over there with the blue shirt. Will you please fill out this sheet about her? Mm -hmm. And it asks what's a five-year age range. What type of roles do you see them in? And they just have to circle like, um, oh yeah, I see her as Um, maybe a bride or maybe a best friend or maybe an activist, maybe a student, Um, you know, for her essence, she looks friendly. She looks nice. Uh, She looks kind of like a hippie. I see the curly hair, you know, and then you have 20 pieces of paper from 20 strangers, their first impression of you, not hearing you talk, just looking at you. And it, and it shows you like, Oh, 20 people said that I look like the girl next door. I should probably have some girl next door headshots. 20 people said I look like a Coke addict. I should have some headshots where I'm not wearing any makeup and I've got a ripped shirt on and I've got haunted eyes, you know, and then I go and get a role on shameless or I'm, I'm the drug addict that's getting shot in a crime TV series. You know, like it, 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 and like you, you start to, when you fill these out yourselves, uh, you start to feel bad being like, yeah this guy looks like a criminal but you need to you need people to play criminals some of my best friends are the sweetest souls the most tender hearts and they look like evil people and they're getting paid a lot of money to play evil people on tv yeah you know and if their dreams were to come and be captain america they're gonna have a hard time booking that role because people who look like chris evans are getting that's his branding you know Mm -hmm. these guys whatever your branding is, you just have to find out from strangers and then you go and get those headshots
0: that yeah. support that brand. Mm-hmm. And then I just think you just need to run with it. And it's, and you so, it. it's so interesting as well, because I have such a resting bitch, bitch face mm-hmm. and work it. Yeah. I'm just like, you know what? I, I'm not being a bitch. I just have that. If I'm not smiling, like completely, yeah. that's just the way I look. And I get it. I look really harsh. I look like a massive fucking bitch. I'm going to play that bitch. And I'm going to play a a
1: stern character. Absolutely. Because no one's going to have to think about it. They're just going to see you instantly. That's your essence. Mm -hmm. When they first see you, she is stern. She is serious. Mm -hmm. You don't want to fuck with her. You know, like, I don't know if I can... On your podcast, you can say whatever the like, fuck you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then when you get sick of that and you're like, Look, I just want to play the love interest, then that's where you know our secondary skills come in, and you mm-hmm. write your own rom com mm-hmm. short film where you start to show people, like, and look, I, you know, like. I can also do this. I've got range, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I've been on five TV shows. So you know that I can behave like a professional and I know how a set works and I know how to get my job done. And yeah, it's just kind of, for me, it's tackling those, those two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. If, if TV shows are going to pay me to be military cop, great. Let's book every, I want to book every single NCIS. I want to book every CSI. I want to book every law and order. I want to book every single one. And then once I've got 10 shows on my resume, mm-hmm. you know, people will be like, oh, well, this is a working actor. Uh, and look at this cute headshot she has. Yeah, let's bring her in for the girlfriend this time um, in, in our comedy. And,
0: and, and that's how you start to develop that range. So then going back to library solving, because mm-hmm. that was just a delightful short film. Thank you. And I just saw everything. I thought the whole thing, the filming, the script, obviously you and the other actors, just everything. It just And the production value is just remarkable. And I just, I get really excited when, I get really excited when I see my friends on TV shows. Yeah. And I get really excited when I see my friends making their own work. And it's really fucking
1: good. Aww.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> So yeah, yes, I, I do. do. Inspiring. So I had done
1: a couple of uh, little, you know, sketch comedies and stuff, and those are really fun. And, um, and then I wanted to start, uh, I wanted to make a serious short film where, like I said, I was paying everyone. And the reason I wanted to pay everyone was because I was also going to direct and this was my first bigger directing job. And I knew that I was going to have stuff that I was learning and that I would need a little more time to make decisions or that I might need to ask them questions. So I wanted to pay people who are really good at their jobs so that, uh, I wouldn't be wasting their time. You know, if I, if I messed up the entire film, at least they got paid that day. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't guarantee a product at the end of this. Um, and I also wanted to learn the process of having a budget and, and it was a union project. so I wanted to learn what it was like to have to do the union paperwork. And so it was sort of my little mini film school. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something that was happy and feel good and also contained. So the whole film takes place in a bookstore. Well, in a library, we shot it in a bookstore. And it you know, when you even when you've got a budget, Uh, when it's a small budget, it means you're probably going to be short on time because we had to use the bookstore when it was closed. Mm -hmm. And luckily it didn't open until noon, but for those two days, uh, we had very early call times and it was in Claremont. So it was also 90 minutes from my apartment. (laughs) And so those are very early mornings. It was awesome. It was awesome to get to uh, trust people, to work with them, to shoot it, to film it, to, to learn more about directing and how to give direction to actors, and then to take it through the editing process, to take it through the festival circuit and learn about, um, which festivals to be submitting it to and how to do PR for it. And so it's been a really great little experience. I'm about to release it on, um, YouTube and I'm, I'm trying to think of creative ways to, I'm like, how can I Expand it even further. Does the Los Angeles library system want to put it in their newsletter? I don't know, you know. So I'm still mm-hmm. trying to think creatively of other ways to to get it out there. Um and take everything that I learned from it and go on and make the next thing, you know?
0: There you go. And that's the other thing too, is it's like from what you learn, like what you were saying previous as well, when you go to do your next project, you've already outgrown your last project. So mm-hmm. it brings so much more to the new project. And it's always just such a learning experience. Oh my God. I, I'm so obsessed with learning and yeah. doing stuff. Cause it's just like, that's the whole point of everything. You're always, yeah. it's so yeah. much fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, for me, the most fun, I really like, I do like writing. I like telling stories. My favorite, most passionate thing is to get to be on set. I love it when that's the only place that I have to use brain power, but It is neat to learn, you know, I learned how to, I cut my own trailer for Library Soulmate and learned how to do that. And just, it's, it's fun to create. It's fun to put it out there. It's fun when people see it and respond to it. You know, this was a really happy little film. So at least I know if people watch it and they're, you know, that they're not going to like feel sad afterwards. Everyone has reported that they feel happy afterwards, you know, it's not life changing, but it's a little happy film. And I like that. And yeah, it's been it's been a, a fun journey. Great. God, great cast and crew. I loved everyone who worked on it with me. They they made it so fun. They brought their own enthusiasm to it. And I'd work with every single one of
0: them again. It was awesome. Oh, my goodness. You just <laughs> you get me really excited about creating some more stuff. And you know what? I need to actually contact Travis. But it just it really just it pumps me out. Like it's, it's fun. I'm inspired.
1: I just had a great consultation with seed and spark. Who's a great crowdfunding resource.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: And you know, when I was talking with um, the seed and spark rep, I was like, you know, should I be doing like a dramatic film about, you know, like this or cause the script that I have is a comedy and I, I just really like it, but maybe I shouldn't raise money for this. Maybe I should just do it you know, on my aunt And she's like, what have you been watching during COVID? You just told me you've been watching comedies. You've been, you rewatched Shit's Creek. You rewatch The Good Place. These are the things that you turn to, to feel good. And that has just as much merit as something with a really deep powerful message Mm -hmm. Um, so you should make the film that you want to watch and trust that it has just as much merit as if as if you had a story and Lindsay I know that you've got a story that is uh, one that was birthed from pain and it has just as much merit because that's the story that you need to tell and that's that's the message that you want to get out there and to so it really is just about making the thing
0: that has captured your attention it's so funny though because i know what you're saying about fateful that i feel like i just have to make it i have to get mm-hmm. it out of my system but then once i'm done i'm all about the freaking comedy it's <laughs> so funny because yes yeah. that, that's really what i want to be doing fateful is like fucking deep and drama and blah blah and yeah. that's great because you know there's room for that all over the place mm-hmm. but I know what you mean. It's just like I always feel like comedy isn't valued as much right. as drama. Yeah. And I was talking to Lindsay Perry about this on her when she came onto the episode, and she's like, she's like, comedy is way harder to do than drama. Way harder. Way yeah. harder. Yeah. And we both absolutely love doing comedy. It's just, mm-hmm. it just, it just so happens that people <laughs> it's just really talk. Yeah. And fucking bleak um uh, but i just i have to get out of my system and then Those i can move on too yeah um but no that woman from seed and spark spot mm-hmm. on because mm-hmm. *Shit's creek like hello <laughs> that's fucking incredible it's i like, have it's watched my it favorite shows.
1: three times in the past year <laughs> it's so three good. times
0: it's so
1: good It is like just a it's comfort for my soul. And it is funny and it is brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough. Uh, This was just awards season, and you get all the sag after screeners and stuff. And I'm like, I just really say something.
0: Yeah. The sags. Like, I am usually so into them. Yeah. I was on such a downer after I watched all of those. And they're all amazing. I couldn't. Like, I couldn't watch them all. It, I'm like, where's the
1: bridesmaids? It's so dark. You know, they're what I so mean? dark. I know. I'm like, oh my god. I know. And 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 again, you know, it's it's. I, I think more and more people are talking about this, um, because when you look at the films that are making billions of dollars, it's stuff like uh, the Marvel films and these super, these inspiring, uplifting epics. Mm-hmm. But it's really rare for a film like that to get an Academy Award nomination. Black Panther was able to do it. And, you know, they get it for special effects and stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. how often does a happy script get a screenwriting nomination or, you know, a best film nomination? And, And often, you know, especially like you said, comedy is so much harder to do and to do well than then uh, you know a really dark dramatic film and and even though those can be so evocative of the human condition and that's what films are for i just think that w- we need to examine what we value
0: and what mm-hmm. we consider to be uh, accomplished art mm-hmm. and it's so interesting as well because like bridesmaids and legally blonde Mm-hmm. are two of my absolute favorite films mm-hmm. and i watch them there's like a, a handful of films yeah. i watch twice or like once at least once a year sometimes twice a year um but those two are in that category and when i watch both of those films as well especially legally Blonde*, the structure of that film is absolutely flawless in my opinion it's yeah like they the nailed p- it they completely nailed it. It's so funny, and I'm just like, I know people think it's just this like a silly, quirky little rom-com girly film, and I'm like, no, this is actually it's a really, like for a structured script as well, it's fucking on point. And think
1: about what it's actually what the message is. You know, it's be here we go. It's because we're in a patriarchy that we think that it's unimportant. Uh, to value the things that Elle Woods values. Mm -hmm. But women are really starting to become vocal about how we want to embrace our feminine side and still be respected for our strengths, our knowledge, our competence, our intelligence, our leadership. And the two do not have to be mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. My puppy is getting to a point where she has (laughs) complete, like she's gone down her chew and then she like needs to, bury it and hide it somewhere. And she starts to panic about where to put it (laughs) like a whimper. I'm going to see if I can just take it from her and toss her some kibble. You need to go to sleep. Go find it. We'll see it. Um, I, I, I feel like a single parent, (laughs) but it, but I, I, I do know that, um, children, you know human children and animals are not on the same level but (laughs) I'm glad you know that (laughs) but I um but this is your first puppy as well it is my first puppy I really acknowledge the actual like single parents to humans oh my god just regular parents to humans it's
0: fucking odd
1: it is you (sighs) you are about you've got a puppy and a kid and a baby on the way and a dog (laughs) (laughs) and a dog and then a husband you
0: I mean you you've got how (laughs) I'm like babes let's get let's have a baby babes let's get a puppy babes let's have another baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know this puppy I'm like I don't know if I'll ever have children because it's like a lot of work to have to take care of them yeah um part of me is like I can't be bothered I'm trying to become an actor puppy, you have to go to sleep. I'm writing now. I'm like, she's got needs. Yeah, my friends, um, all of a sudden I'm like, as you know, as I've been vaccinated and as it's starting to be a little more safer to be able to socialize in person with friends again, I'm like, and also now I'm a friend with a dog. So how do I navigate that? Uh,
0: so many things.
1: Good. Yeah, that's why yeah. that's pretty much been the consensus is that my friends are like, if they love you, they're going to love you with a dog.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and you don't have to take the dog everywhere. You don't have to take the um, dog everywhere, but you can take the dog she, through a lot of yeah. places. Yeah. And you she just sit outside to. and Exactly. You know, and it's fun. It's just way more fun.
1: She's a little buddy. Right now she's a little baby. It'll be really nice when she is a buddy. Yeah, she's getting there. We're and they
0: also on. say with babies and puppies, the first like six weeks to three months is like the hardest. Yeah. Once you get past that period, we're getting there. But the the biggest trick right
1: now is that she can't be alone. So that's what we're really working on our training. Mm-hmm.
0: Is. <laughs> so I'll wrap this up. But what I know, I don't I don't ask everybody this, but I ask pretty much a lot of people, what's that? And I, I, I feel like you've already given it to be honest but what's one piece of advice you would give somebody breaking into acting taking a break from acting and coming back to acting like all that jazz
1: the biggest thing I really love is launch at 85 percent if you keep waiting till you're 100 percent ready to do something you're going to be procrastinating for much longer than you need to be Uh, launch your website at 85 percent launch your instagram at 85 percent when your script feel like write your script edit it give it to some friends, table read it and then shoot the damn thing. Don't wait till you feel like it's perfect, to get the perfect amount of money. You know, just start start getting to work, start creating
0: and don't let perfectionism slow you down. That's definitely that's definitely has hindered me like before when I was starting out. Yeah. And I t- I took everybody's like criticism on board and yeah. I like carried that around with me a lot. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've just wasted like X amount of years being a sap because of one or two people who I really couldn't give a fuck about anyway, who are like negative shitty people. Yeah. So
1: I'm pulling out scripts that I wrote five, six, seven years ago, and I'm like, going to just make this, I'm the one, I, I don't even give people the opportunity to criticize me. I just don't do anything. Yeah. And so now I'm just like, no more of that. No more of that. Write the script, shoot it, get other people involved. As soon as you have like someone else involved, like hire a producer. Now that producer's involved and you're, uh, you're accountable to another person <laughs> mm-hmm. there, whatever you need for deadlines, make it happen. You know, with, with writing scripts, set up a table, read before you're ready. Uh, and then you will you will finish your draft you'll get it done because you've got people waiting to read it
0: well thanks very much shannon i could talk to you forever i know Uh, well i do appreciate you coming on i appreciate all of your chit chat because i just think it's all so valuable just i don't know i've said it before but i just well we're
1: people we're each other's community you know we we inspire each other exactly i hope you inspire me
0: you inspire me. <laughs> it's going to get into like a, a little love fest.
1: Are you touching your, me through the camera?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you once again, Shannon, for coming onto the show. We talk about Shannon's puppy for a lot longer. And even though her puppy is super delightful, I just thought I'd edit it out. Even though she's super cute. Anyway. So, I hope that was useful. Um, community and branding are just so, so important because it's not a one-man show that you're doing. Even if you do do a one-man show, as we heard previously with Kat, you can't do a one-man show by yourself. You need a team. So, community is key. So, find your tribe and just hold on to them as long as they're not dicks because, you know, there's the occasional person. And branding. Branding, branding, branding. Um alright guys, like I said you can follow Shannon on Twitter and Instagram at Shannon Corbet, until next time bye bye so sick of the sweet talk.